Hey everyone, this is J Rod here for DWZ with podcast with J Rod. Uh, all things pro wrestling from AEW, NXT, New Japan, and various promotions. We talk about matches, we talk about individual wrestlers, and anything that comes across with pro wrestling. Uh, first things first, I want to apologize to everyone. I'm sorry I haven't been on the podcast recently. Reason behind that is that I've been dealing with some personal uh, problems. Uh, I don't like to talk about it on this podcast or on my YouTube channel or wherever I'm at at this point. But uh, I'm back. So let's talk about the latest subject that I'm going to be talking is, if you guys read it on the screen, when you guys click, this is about AEW's Double or Nothing of this year. Now, as you all know, it's been nearly one year since AEW had their first pay-per-view show down in Las Vegas. As you all know, since we're still dealing with the pandemic, um, they were supposed to do it again in Vegas, but due to the circumstances, they did not. They decided to do the Double or Nothing event down in Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. Since now Florida has been declared for Pro League Sports or whatever they, they're trying to do, and AEW falls in that category. And, of course, they decided to do the pay-per-view right there. Um, let's start from what the uh, start from top uh, from the start to finish all the way to the matches that we saw. First match was the ladder match, or should I say the casino ladder match. Now, rules is simple. You pick, you get the uh, pull down the poker chip that's on top of the ladder, and you pull it down. If you pull down the the chip, you get a future title shot against whoever win of the double nothing event was be- either between. Moxley or Brody Lee. Now, here are the participants that we saw. Originally, it was supposed to be um, a, here we had Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy, Cole Cabana, George Janela, and Luchasaurus. Now, before I reveal the mystery uh, participant, George Janela was last minute added a day before the this ladder match. Reason behind that: originally, it was supposed to be. Ray Phoenix, but he, if you catched the last Dynamite show, Ray Phoenix got hurt uh, really bad, and apparently he did a little jump off the ring, uh, he, he didn't got catched like they were supposed to, um, apparently it was already revealed that he was out, and they replaced him with Joey Janela, and I have to say Joey Janela was the right choice, because Joey has been with these type of matches before. But it was insane how this match went. Mostly uh, when I saw Orange Cassidy throwing his little comedy routine. And and the funny part is that Jim Ross said that Tony Khan had to explain the rules of this match at least 200 times to Orange Cassidy. He, wasn't, he was trying to reach it, but he was too lazy to open up the ladder and climb up. So he's like extending his arms even when he was on top of the ladder. Flatten on the ground. He still tries to reach it. I thought that was too hilarious. I'm like so amazed. Now, we've been talking about for many times from other sources, other news outlets, other YouTubers about the mystery um, participant, the ninth member. Um, there were word going around it was Drew Gulag. Others were saying it was Brian Cage. But the results... It was Brian Cage. Uh, from what I understood, uh, Brian Cage was was foretold by many sources 
that he signed with AEW and Melissa Santos, his wife, <coughs> excuse me, assured us that he didn't sign no. But according to Tony Khan, he did got signed to AEW the moment he really became a free agent. But the situation was, Brian Cage was injured right after he was out of impact. And they immediately signed him, even though that give the, uh, he, they were still paying him. But they did estimate that he will be back uh, wrestling by May. And they planned it pretty well. And that's pretty much how the whole thing happened. Now, uh, if you did saw when t Brian Cage came out, he had someone with them, and that is Taz. Now, you ask yourself, why is Taz involved in this? Well, the reason is Taz and Brian Cage go way back to to gut check back in Impact Wrestling long before Brian Cage became the well-known wrestler as the world champion back then. Uh, Taz was in favor of Brian Cage, and at the time, it was Joey Ryan was right there. And, of course, Taz was not in favor of Joey Ryan, but it was that, that kind of made a lot of sense about their history. And I'm, like, pretty much impressed. I think I, I like the idea. I think that maybe... Now that Taz and Brian Cage are reunited, I think they're gonna make this a great uh, opportunity for them to work together. You know, we have a veteran wrestler and a, a star wrestler that's really going to make things interesting for all wrestling fans out there, especially me, you guys who are watching and listening. But yeah, and if you must know, Brian Cage won the match. Everybody targeted Brian Cage. He was like the unstoppable force you cannot stop, and that's how it all happened. So congratulations to Brian Cage. So he moves on. Um, if you must know, it's already been announced by Tony Khan at post-match that he will get a, a title shot against whoever wins tonight. It's gonna t was originally supposed to take place at Fighter Fest in London. This was supposed to be AEW's first show outside of the United States, but due to the circumstances going on with the global pandemic, it's not going to happen. But Tony Khan assured that they will do some shows down the line for outside of the U.S., and we just don't know when. I know that the U.K. fans are excited to see this. Now, next match, we had MJF versus Jungle Boy. This was one of those classic matches that I feel we could talk about. I mean, uh, if you guys noticed, some of this match was more like of the old-school style. Even though these guys are young, uh, MJF, 24 years old, Jungle Boy, 22 these guys are young wrestlers, but they added some of the old school elements into this. Somebody compared this match as Ricky Steamboat versus Macho Man Randy Savage, and I thought it was a pretty good comment. And it felt like it if you saw it closely. I'm like so impressed with the match. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but damn. But yeah. So it was great. So if you must know who won on this one, MJF, but. I know we could see more feuds with these two down the line. We just don't know when it's going to happen. I'm pretty sure we will see it again. Uh, these are feuds that I think we sh could talk about. It's kind of like Kenny Omega versus Okada, all that type of thing, you know. But let's let's talk more on this, all right? Uh, we'll talk more about the feuds with these two, but let's move forward with the with this episode. Uh, if you, the next match was for the AEW TNT Championship. Um, finals, uh, we had um, who was it? Lance Archer versus Cody, and presenting the title was Iron Mike Tyson. So we were, so, I was so impressed how this whole match turned out. It was 
a delicate feud that was like in the making. If you saw, it's like Jake Roberts has been going into the minds of, of Cody, calling him Caesar, all of this and that, tried to get his attention. And all of this was great. And then you have both sides. Each person had a coach. Lance had uh, Jake Roberts. Cody had Arn. A great dynamic, I, I might add. I love the way this dynamic went down. Um, but much of the match was being dominated by Lance Archer, and Cody trying, struggled, tried to find a way to turn this around. But uh, it kind of was not going his way at certain points. But he was able to turn it around as much as possible, and it was great. There was a moment where um, Arn Anderson, in the other hand, he tried to, um, how do I say, he got involved and pushed Lance Archer, and another ref shows up, tells uh, Bryce what happened, and of course, he had to tell Mike, did you see it, and Mike couldn't lie, so he told him yes, as soon as <coughs> Arn Anderson left, so did Jake, and of course, Lance Archer had Cody right where he wanted, but here comes Jake with another bloody snake, but he got derailed in his tracks by Mike Tyson when he took off his shirt. And, man, Mike Tyson was in good shape. I mean, you wouldn't be surprised. And because of that, uh, Lance was not too pleased that he did not put the snake on Cody like he wanted to. So I'm like, this is great. And result of that, it took at least two crossroads to put Lance Archer down. And Cody became the first ever TNT champion. This and people are criticizing it. You just gave him a title that he has the higher power. He ha he's one of the executives. But yes, now we need to look at this at a different point of view. People say mid cards are not important. They are important, but there are those who don't treat it like as much. Especially like companies like WWE, for example, are the ones that don't take that those titles like they're more important. They just treat the top titles like the World Heavyweight Championships or or the top championships, that's pretty much it. But Cody is an expert that how he can legitimize this title, how to make it more prestigious than it should have been from other companies. So I'm excited how this one went. So congratulations, Cody. You won the match. Now, uh, the next match was originally supposed to be Britt Baker versus Chris Setlander, but apparently also, because of what happened last Wednesday, Britt Baker got hurt uh from what i understand she torn an acl uh she might be out for a couple months but she will give an update this wednesday on dynamite so they replaced her with penelope ford now this wasn't a good opportunity for penelope ford to step up and um the face against chris Satlander. and this one was a good match i'm not gonna lie it was really amazing i enjoyed it it was fun uh, but I'm going to skip ahead anyway. Chris Satlander won this match anyway. It was pretty good. I like it. Uh, I think uh, Penelope, Ford should be, Penelope, uh, Penelope Ford should be pushed a little further more. Tried to make the ranks. Uh, we'll just wait and see what's going to happen. Now, the next thing we see is Sean Effin Spears. Sean, on the other hand, is, was criticizing Cody Rhodes for weeks now after the events of what happened to his brother Dustin. If you recall, Dustin Rhodes was in the tournament for the TNT Championship, and he got in, in in the way of Lance Archer. Now, what happened, uh, QT Marshall wanted to throw the towel and knows that it was enough. Cody grabbed the towel, but Dustin told him, no, don't. 
And Sean is like going, "You, he's an arrogant ass. He should have told us he was thinking mostly about himself. You know, but Cody was listening what his brother was asking. So he keeps saying that it's Cody's fault, that his career's over, and that's it. So he's been playing these stupid games about, oh, he's going to face some. He, he already fooled everyone, but what he didn't realize, fool me once, shame on me. But fool you twice, well, let's see what happens. And apparently, he did not expect Dustin Rose to show up. Dustin Rose was taking his clothes off, but the best moment is he, while he was in his underwear, he tried to spank him like a freaking kid when that happened. But once uh, Sean was able to get away, you see a head of Tully Blanchard right in the front of his underwear. And you just didn't expect. You probably wondered, what the hell was he doing? What would Tully say about this? Well, I don't know what he will say. But frankly, Dustin won, and it's a great moment. Uh, hopefully we get to see him uh, team up with QT, uh, try to make a play for the uh, Tag Team Championship ranks, and we'll see how that goes. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, the next match is for the World Women's Championship between Hikaru Shida and Nala Rose. This match became a no-disqualification match, so anything goes. So, basically, it was the most brutal match, but at the same time, was so amazing how this one is. I have to say, this one brought out more of Hikaru Shida. Me, I've been a fan of Hikaru Shida since she first came to the to the U.S. on the first Double or Nothing event. And I've been a fan ever since. I was impressed by her. So it was great to see what she was doing. You know, she was, she knew she was facing against a bigger woman. But he, prior before the match started, he did state it. She did state it that she had beaten w women like Aja Khan before. But to Nyla Rose, it won't make no difference for her. And she's right. Just because you criticize her saying, oh, she's small, she's going to lose against Nyla Rose, she's going to fight it. It doesn't matter how big she is. There's always a weak spot or people like Nyla don't know. She can be beaten. But if you ever call, uh, call that story with Mortal Kombat, the first movie, Raiden did state it that uh, Goro can be beaten, but it's not going to be easy. So basically, that, that's what you saw. Great match. And of course, because of this match, Hikaru Shida is now your new AEW World's Women Championship champion. I'm excited. I'm like so happy. Even when I saw this on Twitter, um, Got to Move Pro Wrestling, a promotion out of Thailand and also Japan, were watching the, the <coughs> Double or Nothing. Hikaru, uh, Hikaru Shida's mentor, Emi Sakura, was emotional to see. Um, you can still catch it now. If you guys are interested, uh, you do see um, Hikaru, uh, um, the Got to Move uh, YouTube channel. You can see how emotional it is. There is another video where uh, Hikaru Shida and Emi Sakura were talking about her match at Double or Nothing. And I'm, I, I don't know what they're saying. I mean, it's all in Japanese. But if you guys can translate it or have a way to translate it, but, but yeah. That's how it is. So the next match is for the AEW World Championship match between Mr. Brodely of the Dark Order and John Moxley. Now this particular match became more uh, clear. Uh, Brody attacked Moxley because he wanted a, a title shot, but 
they beat him in the dark order, just took him out completely, like beat him up. But Moxley said, dude, all you got to do was ask. I mean, no need to to beat him up, but Brody doesn't care. He thinks that he is the world champion regardless because no one can beat him. But it was so brutal. It became one of those matches. It should have been hardcore or no disqualification, but it wasn't. anything. It was like going everywhere. Uh, I don't know how many times Dean, uh, John, uh, John Spe uh, Moxley was attempting to do the, what was it? Um, oh, yeah. He was attempting to do the paradigm shift, and none of it worked. It was kind of interesting how this went. But my favorite moment of this match, it's where he did the, uh, what was it? The paradigm shift right at the ramp side. And they both Moxley and, and uh, Lee actually went through it. It was like, holy shit type of thing. I mean, so interesting and bizarre how it all went down. I'm like, damn. But, of course, uh, Moxley did a, an interesting move. He knew he couldn't put him through the paradigm shift, so why not a submission? So he put him in in the headlock sleeper hold. And the ref was checking up on Moxley's CV. I mean, on Lee. But Lee's left arm, uh, right arm just dropped down, like dropped dead. And he called it saying it matches over. So basically, um... What was it? Moxley won dude by submission. And and that kind of interesting. If you guys know, Moxley has been uh, learning how to use martial MMA throughout this time. And I think this has helped him win over big guys like him. So, now we know that he is still a champion. Got his title back thanks to this. Excuse me, folks. My cat is running like crazy. So, anyway... Uh, the next match is the first ever Stampede match between the Elite and the Inner Circle. Now, this match right here was the fun, wackiest, wildy match I've ever seen. This is not your standard wrestling match you've always seen. So, here's how it goes. The Inner Circle shows up in football gear, while the Elite show up in wrestling gear. But all members of the elite except for Handman Page came out where was Page and there was that like the mo those moments where we see the wrestlers like on the opposite side kind of like we see in wars and movies like before guns and all this other stuff well what happened there it uh, became like one of those epic battles but at some moment we do see ha Adam Page when uh, Sammy was disoriented, and he sees a man on a horse, and that was Hangman Page. And he chased him down while Sammy was running like a little scared little girl. I thought that was classic, you know, of of that match, how it went. You know, I just laughed so hard. And, of course, um, as soon as all of that was happening, they, uh, if you must know, everybody went their separate ways around the, the match. Uh... Proud and Powerful were dealing with both Hardy and Omega, while Jericho and Sammy were dealing with, um, what was it, with the Bucks. But Hagar was right behind them, but he broke off looking for Paige. As you all know, when Hammond, uh was still on his horse, he was still looking for Sammy, but when he was unable to find him, he ended up in the bar. So 
So basically, that's what happened. So he just decided, you know, take a break, go get a drink. It's happy hour, that type of thing. But the best moment is when we see uh, or Santana Ortiz were dealing with Hardy, and they tossed him in the pool. Yeah, in the pool, right? One of the, I think it's one of those VIP sections. I'm not sure what areas that I've never been to the stadium. But anyway. When they toss him there, Santana jumped in, tried to deal with him. And he tells Ortiz to get in the pool. He's like, no, man, I can't swim. What? I can't swim. Don't be a pendejo. Get in here. So Ortiz gets in there very carefully, and they try to drown Matt Hardy. What happened is, when they were drowning him, he transformed to the early version of himself. And it became known as the pool of incarnation. He keeps coming back as a, from his previous self. And then when they dunk him again, this screen call, a matter of fact, and uh, Matt Hardy shows up and like a different person. But there's moments when you see him on the water, like he was having fun, like uh, giving thumbs up, doing all this and that. It kind of, how do I say this, became one of those interesting moments. Now, when they thought they left him for dead, he rose up back to Damascus or so. And he tossed Ortiz it. Now, as soon as he got to Ortiz, he put him on the table and Santana run towards him. But uh, Hardy actually flipped him over on top. And then here comes Hardy with Ortiz right on top of a bell and rang the bell so hard. And told him that he's a, a chair of wheels. So I thought it was so funny. He duct taped him and he told him, take one of these, a punch, and call me in the morning. So he just gave him the prescription. <laughs> While he was that happened, he dealt with Santana. He put him in a cooler, and you can hear uh, what's his name? Uh, Jim Ross says, "Cool down, my friend. Chill out." And he uh, Hardy just lock him in there. Tells him this will deal with the inflammation. Now, I'm like thinking, <laughs> I thought it was so funny the way it was handled. Then you see Hagar was looking for Hangman. So he found the horse, and then when he saw where he was, that's when he saw the lounge, the bar. So he knew he was going to be in there. He asked him if he was hiding. He's like, who said he, he was hiding? I mean, think about it. It's happy hour. Take a break, for Christ's sakes. But, of course, Hagar decided to Hagar decided to beat him up no matter what. And all of this became, like, out of nowhere. So he keeps beating him up, but Kenny was there to make the save. And, of course... Uh, he whacked him with the bottle of the bubbly once, and then here comes Page, uh, uh, Hangman Page, with a second. So they kept bobbling more of the bottle right at his head. It was so insane. I'm like thinking, oh my god, he could have a brain damage. I don't know. I I think I lost count on how many. I think maybe six bottles. I'm not sure. But later Kenny gave him the the V trigger, and then Page. The buckshot later, and right after they did that, uh, Hangman pull, uh, put, uh, pulls out two cups, and he had a bottle of whiskey and a a carton of milk. And so, uh, Kenny poured the whiskey for a pay, uh, for Hangman, while Hangman poured milk on the other cup, and that was for Kenny. And of course, bottles up. So that's three men down from the inner circle, but there was no pin. Any pin can go anywhere. It doesn't matter where. So while that was happening, the Bucks were dealing with Jericho and Guevara. And there was a great moment where 
uh, Matt Hardy was dealing with Sammy. He was doing the that little one maneuver. He goes over and over and over. And he was doing that right across the ring. As soon as he gets to the end zone, he was celebrating. Rhett Knox actually told him that is unsportslike conduct, like the kind of thing they put on, on the NFL. And he super kicked Rick Knox for that. But while that was happening, here comes um, there's Nick Jackson and Jericho. And, oh, my God, the, Nick actually threw a football right on Jericho's nuts. And I thought it was so hilarious. And then he tossed Nick into a, the Jaguars mob. And here comes the Jaguars mascot, Jackson DeVille. And Jericho gave him the Judas effect. Now, he brought Floyd, his bat, and he thought he whacked him, and he won the match, but he kicked out. And then we go, like, the whole thing with the football, where he wants to see the replay. It kind of reminds me of one of those times with the Globetrotters, where they somehow were able to transition to basketball, to football. And basically, he called uh, Aubrey Edwards the, wor the worst ref in history. As soon as he tried to uh, take out uh, Nick with the bat, Matt came out. And save the day, and he and both Nick ran on top of the stairs and jumped really loud, high, a little bit higher on Jericho, taking him out. And here comes Paige with the line maker right across uh, Jericho's face from his crotch to his face. And then we see uh, Sammy, who is still disoriented, he has no clue what happened. The sprinklers woke up and. <laughs> I will never forget what Jim Ross said right there. He's like, poor bastard can't even catch a break. And when he was able to wake up, he thought that he won the match. But out of nowhere, here comes a big-ass noise. And it was the golf cart. If you recall, a couple weeks ago, Hagar, um, um, Sammy got run over by Matt Hardy and Kenny in the golf cart. And <laughs> he's like, no, 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 not again. And then Kenny's like, Get, get ready for round two, Sammy. <laughs> so I thought it was so funny. It was like something like a nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> I thought it was funny. But as soon as he was able to divert the golf cart, Kenny and Matt were able to chase him down in the stands and try to get away. As soon as Sammy was able to hold his own, he got Matt Hardy telling him, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And then he sees a drone thinking he saw the ghost of Vanguard 1. And, of course, it wasn't Vanguard 1. If you all recall, he got destroyed thanks to the Inner Circle. Here comes, like, a new updated version of Vanguard called NEO-1, which is an acronym for Natural um, natural ele Electrical um, Organism. So, basically, Matt Hardy has a new drone, NEO. And when that happened, uh, Matt Hardy had Sammy right in his, uh, holding him down for Kenny. To deliver the V trigger, and then Kenny applied the one wing angel from very high, and this match was over by the time it, Sammy didn't realize what happened. It was so crazy how it turned out. So I'm excited how this went. I was like, wow! And then you see Matt pour the Gatorade on Kenny because he made the the win. I love this match. I was enjoying it. People. But let's talk about this right now, about the last match, before I ended. People were comparing this particular match to the Boneyard, to the Funhouse, to um, the Money in the Bank. I mean, I can see Money in the Bank being part of that with the 
Stadium Stampede. But thing is, the only reason these matches exist is because of the situations going on. We have we're still dealing with the pandemic, and uh, there's nothing that WWE or AEW can do about it. Try to throw in some fun entertainment for all of us, and I condemn both. Uh, I give I give thumbs up, claps to AEW and W. Try to keep us entertained, and that's how it is. So uh, I think that's about it for everybody. Hope you guys enjoy this little review with a uh, the AEW Double or Nothing. So I must bid all of you adieu. So goodbye, Mwah! and have a nice day. Bang!